Patrick Kelly is a guy who I adore. He's tattooed. He's a nerd. He's a celebrity in my eyes. He's done videos as the tattooed nerd for Zoom. He's done videos for teams at Microsoft. And it's our special honor to have this guest on today's podcast to get our learners dialed up on the different modalities, to use Patrick's term, uh, as to what, what it is that it, we can do as a learner to maxim, maximize our utilization of this great tool and platform named Zoom. Yeah. And some things we're going to talk about in this episode that I'm really excited for our current leaders and aspiring lis- uh, listeners to hear is he talks about this idea um, given by his grandfather of what we should think of good enough and how that should affect our um, need as a leader for continuous learning. Uh, it was really inspiring. He's a really cool guy. I also liked what he said about what his department, kind of their mission statement is, which was making things that create less friction. And as we listen to this, it's inspiring. I think it's gonna challenge listeners to think how can we use Zoom to create less friction internally with our team or externally as a call center. And listen closely and see if you can pick up on when Patrick Kelly reveals a new thing that Zoom is launching here relatively soon. This is all coming up next on the Credit Union Leadership Podcast. You're listening to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, a podcast that delivers value and offers up insight that'll help your credit union grow. ServiceStar has been consulting with credit unions for over 20 years, growing them in the areas of cultural development, leadership development, and management training. To learn more about what ServiceStar can do for you or your credit union, check them out at servicestarconsulting.com. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on this program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. It is a beautiful day to talk to our friend, and special guest at the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, Patrick Kelly. Patrick Kelly looks just like his bio picture. He he comes in with his <laughs> hand on his chin the exact same way. How you doing today, Patrick Kelly? Well, first of all, I uh, I retired Santa and I, I've gotten clumsy yeah. clean shaven. <laughs> <laughs> I get to see it before the rest of the world sees it. So if you've not seen Patrick Kelly's videos out on the YouTubes and the LinkedIn's and the every other platform that uh, he's, he's, he is a persistent poster of YouTube videos and they're different every time, but they're short and they're creative and he's just a great dude. So you need to go out you need to just Google search Patrick Kelly. He's a celebrity. But if you don't know he's a celebrity, then this this podcast makes little sense. So so pause the podcast, go out, watch his video, and then come back. And now now you'll be like amazed that we got Patrick Kelly on the Credit Union Leadership Podcast. Patrick Kelly, you've worked for a lot of big companies. You've worked for uh, college football teams. Like you you played football. You've gotten to the highest level of physical fitness on the stages of uh, everything you do is gold. So just being on our <laughs> podcast today, like we just, we thank you that you graced us with your presence because now our podcast is just going to be so much better. Well, that is, that is humbling to hear. Not everything I touch is gold. You can ask my four kids. Uh, I never do anything <laughs> right. According to them. <laughs> um, and I'm only famous in certain nerd circles. So let's just go with that as well. <laughs> 
You're uh, you're most n- notorious right now for your work with Zoom. That's where you currently work as a uh, as an analyst. Uh, what's your official title title at Zoom? My official title is the badass title of distinguished architect. <laughs> okay, <That's laughs> a, but what do you go by? What, what what do you like to tell people your title? I is? I make up because you know on LinkedIn you can put anything you want, right? So I I <laughs> yeah. tell people I'm chief technology evangelist, <laughs> which <laughs> totally made up. <laughs> I love that, man. I thought that was the le- legit job description, and then what you said prior was the the made up one. So. That's that's pretty awesome. I love evangelists. That's the mindset behind that's awesome. I, I when I worked for Microsoft back in the day, I had a pretty cool title too. I was Global Voice Black Belt, which was pretty cool as well. <laughs> black Belt. That was yeah. actually on the jump. That was the official title. Absolutely official title. That's so cool. So yeah, and you are you are a really efficient guy. Uh, maybe not in the amount of things you purchase for your studio. We can probably work around some Lean Six Sigma there. But uh, <laughs> when it comes to re- getting resource utilization for maximal optimization, that's exactly why we have you on today's podcast. Because Zoom is just a treasure chest, baby, of all these things, all these kits and all these parts. Like uh, 30 minutes ago, I ended a training with 30 branch managers out in Wisconsin and and uh, Minnesota on Zoom. We're doing this podcast on Zoom, and yet we're probably at like 1% utilization of all the tricks, all the whistles, all the tools that a learner could use to engage in a training and development platform. So here at the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, we do a lot of leadership training. A lot of it's on Zoom. So we brought you in today to open the treasure chest. And as pirates, let's go through some of those things that somebody could pick up in Zoom and use as a learner to really accelerate that learning and development opportunity for them. Well, I think there's, from a historical perspective, right, you you know, or most people know Zoom for just, hey, they're a video conferencing platform. And and I can literally wear a Zoom shirt to the grocery store and grandma will just say, oh my gosh, I love Zoom. They're great for meetings. And you're like, that that's great. We've been doing that for, for 12 years. And by the way, did you know the other 38,000 things that we do, right? And that's the whole yeah. point is that even I've been in Zoom for almost four years and four years ago, we are a completely different company innovation wise than we were, than we are today, you know, because- yeah. Obviously, not everyone knew Zoom pre-pandemic, right? Everyone was somewhat aware. If you were a nerd, you were aware of Zoom. If you were in the UCAS industry, you were aware of Zoom. But all of a sudden, this enterprise application kind of became the forefront of everyone communicating and collaborating once the pandemic hit, once everybody had to go home. And then we're like, hey, did you know... And we're great at meetings. We're absolutely fantastic at meetings. We're great at video. We're great at quality. We're great at uh, network optimization. We're great at all those things. But then we added phone on top of that. And then we added call center on top of that. And then we added digital signage. And then we added rooms and conferencing rooms. And then we added email and calendar. And and now we added AI. And now we added virtual agents. All of a sudden, this small UCAS platform has blown up into a complete collaboration and communication platform that literally has different expertise in multiple segments, i.e. training, right? i.e. education, i.e. enterprise, i.e. SMB, small market. Everyone can literally use a sliver of Zoom and we can do this in a super innovative way because 
we're a pretty small company compared to other UCAS companies out there, i.e. Cisco, i.e. Microsoft, right? And we're very, very nimble. And we listen to our customers a lot better than those customers because those guys are titanic, huge, huge companies and they can't spend on a dime. We're literally in front of our customers every week hey, thinking, hey, you got a good idea? What about, what about changing something? Is there something that we haven't thought of that would work for you? And boom, once we have it in our idea, we can innovate it faster than anybody else. So our, our turnaround of this is incredible. And that's really what one of the reasons our customers love us, because we can do that for them that quickly. Man, we're six minutes into the podcast. And that's what happens when you get the tattooed nerd on a podcast. You don't need to talk. All you need to do is turn the mic over and he's going he's gonna to rock this show. So talking about shows, we got producer Scott Anderley on the ones and twos here today. Um, Scott Anderley did some some research on you, Mr. Patrick Kelly, and he found Uh-oh. one of your, your favorite quotes. Maybe you got it from your grandfather. Um, so what what's what's one motto that you live by on a regular basis when you're when you're up against a, a tough situation? Uh, maybe it's a, a UCAS development for a brand new customer. Do you have like a life motto that you go by? I want to know what Scott came up on me. That's really what, what that's, that's <laughs> the question. Dude, I'll go ahead and uh, spoil it. Cause I think what you even just talked about, this could be applied to our current leaders in the credit union, but also the people listening that aspire to be leaders and move the movement. Uh, something you said, your grandfather said, and that really resonated with me was never leave good enough alone. Yep. And I think with this idea of these people listening that are aspiring to be leaders, or maybe they've been leaders for a bit and they're kind of going through the motions, right? Yeah, that's good enough. And what's so cool about what Zoom's doing and what you're what you do there is we could use Zoom in our call centers, talking to the members at our credit union, how to help them out. We could use Zoom for learning and development and how we could uh, do engaging workshops to help uh inspire our teams to live out our mission of improving the financial well-being of all the members at the credit union. So I wanted to hear, tell me the story about never leave good enough alone. How that happened? How do you apply this um, in your life? I grew up on a farm and ranch in the Southeastern corner of Colorado. And every time I tell people that I grew up in Colorado, they're like, Oh my God, you must've loved skiing. I'm like, that would be great if I was anywhere near a ski, near a ski resort because the Southeastern corner of Colorado, if anybody has a geography major or background is nowhere near any of the mountains at all. It's closer to Kansas and and Oklahoma, right? It's, it's flat, brown, windy, uh, just uh, farmland with, with a bunch of cows. There's skiing was seven hours away if I ever wanted to go. So no, I, even though I'm from Colorado, I never went skiing. So my grandfather was a third generation farmer and rancher. And, um, I have all respect for farmers and ranchers. I just knew at a young age, I was not going to be one of those because the <laughs> I worked harder at 16 than I ever have in my entire life. And, and my grandfather would always just drive around, we'd drive around the pickup trucks and check cows and check land. And he was always full, like all grandfathers are, right? They were just full of just acronyms and idioms and just, he never <laughs> really had a full sentence of anything. Everything was answered in a riddle or an enigma wrapped in a mystery. And you just kind of had to figure it out. And, and so my grandfather, who never even graduated from high school, right? But was the hardest working, smartest man I've ever met in my entire life. And so the one saying that you're coming up with is never we leave good enough alone is 
I can never be happy and content with anything I do. And I wish I wish I could. It would make my life way, way easier and way less busy is I've literally always thought, how can I improve on something I did? It's even last week I tried I did I tried something new with a new studio I'm doing with some RGB lights and everyone's like oh my god that's so great I'm like I know but did you see that one flaw on the side of the corner no one saw that right no one ever yeah. saw anything I, I did that was was bad I but I could see it and guess what after this podcast I'm going to go re-record all that stuff because I wasn't happy with it or, or content with it and look at this this is the new Apple stuff that's just <laughs> integrated with the Zoom by now by the way um yeah you like that that's a new Sonoma yeah. update you works in your Zoom meetings you can also do both thumbs up too and you, I think you get explosions look at that oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome but my grandfather that's instilled so in me that work ethic and and I've carried it through for the last, I guess, 50 years. And yeah. and I take it into everything that I do. And it bugs everyone that it works for me or works with me. It bugs my family, is because I always want it to be better. I can never just be content, which is a double-edged sword, right? It could be because mm-hmm. a lot of times I might even waste time making something better, but I'm the only one that even notices. But I try to instill that into people I work with and work for. I try to help help people in in business with when I'm talking to customers. A lot of times they're like, "Well, that's good enough." I'm like, "Is it? Is it really good enough? Yeah. Is the what your solution really really good enough?" I'll challenge them because mm-hmm. good enough might not be good enough if you know what could be better. Did you know this mm-hmm. tool could make you better? Did you know Zoom has annotations that you can highlight during the middle of a meeting? Did you know we can do vanishing pen inside of a meeting? No one else can do that. Is it a little thing? Well, absolutely, it's a little thing. But what if we had a thousand little things that made up to a mountain of great things? That's the whole point. I'm always trying to push the envelope. Yeah, man. I love that. So you're talking about this idea of never leave good enough alone. And you just applied it to this, the spirit that we want people to have of continuous learning with all the tools that you have at Zoom. Albrecht, did you kind of want to take it from here and talk about how can we inspire our learners to have the spirit of continuous learning. And maybe there's some specific things our leaders at the credit union should know about Zoom that w- they don't know about that we could utilize to further the movement. I, I like I like to take a Zoom shower every once in a while, uh, a little Zoom hygiene checkup. You know, like in, in college, yeah, I call this uh, my girlfriend. Yeah, you know, you'd go and you'd go on a hot date and they'd be like, uh, you when's the last time you took a shower <laughs> you know so, yeah, your, your girlfriend is good at uh as giving you a, a good hygiene uh, update but for me it is a as a, a general re- regular practice to be one percent better every day and that means when zoomtopia happens in november i'm checking probably november 15th 30th going into my just my settings, my Zoom settings at the admin level, my Zoom settings at the individual level. I'll give you an example. You know, you can automatically send people to a breakout room. Well, that's deep into the settings, right? And so if you don't check that, some people have to click a button to join breakout room number one. That's a big pain in my butt as someone who's in learning and development to wait for someone to find the button to to go into breakout room number one. If I can just automatically send them there, that's great. And so even things like what Patrick probably saw before he got into this call where there's a, a pre-video we've created that kind of gives you the, the the flow of what we're going to expect from you in the in the meeting. These are things that Zoom just keeps on adding. And if you're not regularly going into the settings to see what's out there and what's available to you and playing around with them, then you will you will be left behind. And so that's just 
that's my 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 encouragement but i'd love patrick to add to that i i selfishly started this because i got tired of repeating myself like, like st- when I started doing videos, it's because I didn't want to say the same thing over and over and over again. Right. And it's yeah. one of those things where I'm going to try to, and I started out small because there's so many pieces to zoom other than join the meeting, start the camera, start my mic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what most people know. And th- but that works great. What we're trying to do, I work on the product team, by the way, and most of our goal is how do we make things with less friction involved? That's the whole point, right? We we try to make things with less friction because all of those points of friction, and you just said, maybe it's one mouse click extra. Maybe it's two mouse clicks extra, but that's one or two mouse clicks every meeting, every day, every week, every year. All of a sudden, those two and three second mouse clicks adds up to hours and hours of time. That's the whole point. What we're trying to do is take away as much friction as possible inside of the Zoom client. But we call it a couple of things, right? In the industry, they call it context switching or they call it application affinity. How can I get our workers that are inside of Zoom to do more inside of the client without ever having to leave the client? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the point. How do I how do I keep a user in one window as opposed to going to five? I'll give you a couple of examples, right? You talked about settings. There are so many different areas of expertise inside of Zoom that I agree. It's so big if you really want to, and the deeper you dive, the more complicated and bigger that it can possibly get. Like for for a car, right? You're like, oh, there's a car. There's a bunch of doors and four wheels. Okay, great. That's it. It goes places. As soon as you open the hood, you're like, look at all those those pieces. (laughs) And then you open up the engine. You're like, there's thousands of different pieces. And that's kind of what Zoom is. It could be as simple as you want it to be, but it can also be as complicated as you want it to be. And because it has so many functions and so many features and so many modalities that it can fit almost every situation that you've ever even thought of. And if you've thought of it, if you haven't played with it, go into settings. I bet there's a setting in there somewhere. And then you're just looking at the settings of the client. Go to the admin portal and you're going to see about a hundred more than you ever thought were even available. And that's kind of what I try to bring when I try to do my videos is I try to open up an opportunity for you to grow and learn about something that in Zoom that is not obvious to you, that you haven't seen before, that is probably Mm -hmm. deeper in the settings than you've ever gone before. And that's okay because now you can use that feature to make you a better presenter, to make you a better educator, to make you a a better overall speaker. This is the the whole point of why we're innovating at this speed. We're trying to make you better. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy that you use layman terms, uh, not to throw anybody under the bus, but you've worked for every person that I would throw under the bus. (laughs) So just go look at Patrick Kelly's resume. You know who I'm talking about, but um, they they just use these terms that you can tell really smart scientific people are creating these things because it's just not common sense. When I go into the settings and I find something new, it's I don't have to play around with it to know what it's going to do. And so the naming terminologies is really good. But you know what's interesting is if you don't have access to the admin side of things, you are really limited to what the admin's doing. And there's a there's a great kind of push in this podcast, if you're an admin of the Zoom account and you're not going into settings regularly, that's something you're doing to your team because there's probably things that you could help them with that you don't know is out there. And so um, talk, talk a little bit about that. Like what's the role of the admin from the Zoom lens and what's, what's some good hygiene to take a Zoom shower if you're the admin of an account? 
You know, I, I was an ad IT admin in a former life, right? And and a lot of times I would have a myopic view of what my job was, meaning this, right? I was focused on getting something up and running. And then once it's up and running, I went to the next fire, right? And that's that's great. But sometimes once all those fires are out, you take a breath, you have to revisit what you've done because guess what? With companies like Zoom that innovate so fast, you could be left behind. There might be things in there that you had no idea were even there. That could be paramount to making your users succeed. And when you're an IT admin, when you're a CIO, when you're a CTO, your customers are your users. They're not mm -hmm. external. They're all internal. And you, you have one job as a CIO, CTO, IT admin to make your users, your customers happy. That's it. That's it. And how do you do that? By making their job easier. That's it. We're not here to put stuff in front of you. We're not deploying something just to deploy because it. it's the newest version. Four, you know, 4.0, it just came out. We got to deploy it. There better be a damn good reason you're deploying it, right? Mm -hmm. There better be a reason your users are going to use something in that to make their life simpler, to take away friction from what they're doing. That's the whole point of what we're doing. Like, for example, AI Companion. That's the whole point why yeah. we invented and innovated AI Companion to make your life easier. When's the last time you went on vacation, you came back and you had 50 emails. You're like, I don't want to read all those. I don't want to reply to all those. Guess what? What if I didn't have to read all those? I could have them summarized for me. And then guess what? What if I could create a reply to the summary that I just, that AI Companion just gave to me? Same with chat threads. I can literally have, you know, there's a 50 person long chat thread. I have no desire to read all those. What if I could just summarize all those and then have AI companion create a summary and I want to make it longer? I can. I want to make it shorter. I can. I want to change the vernacular of it. I can. I want to change the personality of it. I want to make it humorous or professional. I can do all those things. And guess what? Every one of those things have made my life easier, have made me, have let me save time, have created happiness, created an opportunity for me to do real work besides just reading somebody's 50, you know, thread, long thread. I'll give you a learning and development application to the AI piece. We used to create our trainings like this outline, participants guide, PowerPoint facilitators guide. And the facilitators yeah. guide is what would I actually say in the training that I can't put on the participants guide because it's too long, but I still need to let the new trainer know what it is. All we do now is we just train it once, we grab that AI snapshot, and that's our facilitator's guide. Now, I'll give you kudos. Zoom, when the AI first came out, it was humorous what AI thought you might have said, but I can tell you guys are doing more screening and cleaning behind the scenes because I have I have yet to see a mistake in the last month or two. But yeah, when it first rolled out, I just reread it like, that's hilarious. I don't remember saying that, but that was pretty funny. So you didn't have to scrub some of that to make sure it was uh, it was authentic voice, right? The, yep. the Not to get too nerdy, I won't dive too deep, but... AI is based off of language, right? It's based off of a model. It is a computer said just making this stuff up, right? It's going to some sort of database or some knowledge base and getting that information and it learns that information. And the more you feed into that, it's called LLM or large language model. The more information that large language model has, the more accurate it can be. And the great thing about it, the more you start using AI companion or literally any AI model, the more it's going to learn who you are, what you do, what you say, what you do, you know, who people you talk to. And it's going to learn that and make your job infinitely easier because it's doing all those mundane tasks for you. 
Right. Yeah. And, and so the cool thing is zoom again, I'm not going to get too nerdy, but I'm going to drive just a little bit level 200 real quick. Those large language models are typically based off of the company that's giving you that information. Zoom has a large language model. That's fantastic. But guess what? We also have a federated approach. So if you want to use additional language models to add to the overall experience, Zoom lets you do that. If you want to bring your own language model, Zoom lets you do that. So now Zoom can use its own language model, but it can also use other ones as well as custom ones, which again increases the effectiveness of AI. Man. Now let's talk. Let's talk about the setup. So, we all have cell phones. Zoom has an app you can download on your phone. Some some of us have an iPad or a MacBook, like the one you're recording on right now. Uh, some of us have a giant computer setup, right? But there's so many things that can go wrong when we're on a training. How does how does Zoom help us? with minimizing distractions from a computer resource standpoint so that I'm getting direct feed as much as possible inside of Zoom's control. Is there anything you can give us from a tips and tricks standpoint to help Zoom get the most resources out of whatever device we're using, we're using it on? A couple of different ways we do that, right? One, we try to make the GUI or the, or the graphical user interface of every one of those devices exactly the same, right? So when you go to an iPad, guess what? That GUI interface, that Zoom interface is going to look like the exact same as a MacBook. It's going to look the same as a Windows OS. It's going to look the same on Android. So there's no learning curve for the user when they go into maybe a new room. like Because, you know, a lot of times Susie in HR goes to do some training and it might be a brand new room she's never been in. All of a sudden mm -hmm. the anxiety kicks in. Like, oh my God, I don't know where the button is for that. I, I haven't been in this room before. What if it's the exact same place as every other Zoom room you've ever, ever been into with, ever, with the exact same hardware? It doesn't really matter. The experience is the same. Now we start adding some different layers to that, right? So, for example, I'm, I have a big ego and I like to look at my face, Scott. So <laughs> I have I have my, my camera right in the middle. I have my gallery view right in the middle because I want to see if I, you know, have, I'm looking a little shiny or whatever. But sometimes that's distracting to people. Sometimes when they're presenting to a, a bunch of people, they don't want to see themselves. Guess what? We can, you can hide your own face. And that's just a one of those small things. You can literally hide your own face. You can actually, in a speaker view, you can go to speaker view and have say, hey, you know what? You have about 49 people on the screen. It's sometimes hard to see where you're at. What if you said, or, you know, whoever's at, I have a green bar, you know, bar around my window saying, hey, I'm speaking right now. And every time that somebody's speaking, there's a little green uh, box mm -hmm. around it. But when you have 49 people on the screen and then somebody starts, new starts talking, you're like, Oh, I have to scan 49 different names. What if we didn't have to do that? What if you just put it in the view and you said, hey, anytime somebody's an active speaker, put them on the front of the screen right then. I don't have to do anything. Because a lot of times I don't want to see the other 48 people and their reactions. I want to see who, who the person is talking, right? I want to see how they're communicating and, and how they're being gesturing, how they're elaborating on it. Because obviously communication, part of it is the physical presence, the video, right? So a lot of those little tiny things we've added to make educators be more effective, right? Like, have you ever been in a meeting and somebody's dog starts barking or, or somebody's on a phone call and you're like, I wish everybody was, I could just mute everybody. Guess what? You can. If, you, if you're the organizer of the meeting, you can literally mute everybody because what if you're just one to many that you don't really need to hear anybody else talk because you're just presenting something. 
That's fine. If you're in a meeting that has 49 people that are collaborating and talking at the same time, guess what? You could unmute. That's the whole point. We've given you so many granular ways to make your meeting more effective that you just have to be able to look at them and see them, whether that's training yourself, whether that's watching a video of mine where I show you how to do it, right? You have to take initiative and be one. You have to want to be better because you can't leave well enough alone, as Scott said, right? And that's me. That's what I do. There's a, there's a couple of different platforms inside of Zoom, and then I want to talk about Zoom rooms for a second. Um, but first, let's talk about Zoom calls versus a webinar, right? So in learning and development, you could do a webinar or you could do what we're doing right here, which is your typical Zoom audio video platform. Uh, what are the advantages to doing a webinar? And what are some of those scenarios where it probably makes sense from a learning and development standpoint to do a webinar versus a regular Zoom call? There's so many different ways, right, to, to interact, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or one-to-many with collaborator communicating, because we have different levels of this, right? The, today is a simple meeting. There's three of us here on this meeting, super simple to do. But what if I have an opportunity to have a thousand people in a meeting? Could I do that? You 100% can. I can literally invite a thousand people to this same meeting and I'd have, I'd have page after page after page of people in the gallery. That's great for a meeting, right? But that's probably not very collaborative, right? You're probably not, you're not, you're not giving your information back. You're not probably writing a chat. There's a next level. It's called webinars, right? This webinar is this one-to-many type learning, uh, 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 you know, kind of atmosphere where now you've invited people to a meeting, but there's a special topic to that meeting, right? Because you've set up this meeting to be more than a meeting. It's a learning experience, whether it's maybe you're presenting new data, you're presenting a new article, you're presenting a new piece of, uh, of hardware that you developed, you're presenting to a class or an audience, and you want them to be able to interact in a different way than a regular meeting, right? So say I have 10,000 people in a webinar. I can't interact with 10,000 people for one-on-one. Mm -hmm. -on -one. But what I can do is before the webinar even starts, I can set up registration, right? And all these people that are coming to the webinar can register and the event and learn what this event is going to be like. And they can even get pre-documents -doc that we're going to talk about during the meeting before the meeting even starts. They can get documents after meeting because once, you know, obviously when you're in the middle of a meeting, you're not going to be reading a PDF file on something. What if I can mm -hmm. get after that file, after that meeting, Go and read that article. And it's it presented to me in the middle of a webinar. Now let's talk about how we interact with 10,000 people. Probably a way to do that is with a survey or a poll or a quiz. Now those 10,000 people can now interact with me at a multi-level, right? So multi-level meaning this, I can I, I can obviously click the poll. It's a five-question poll. I can click the poll. And maybe just half of those people answer the poll. But now as, as a presenter, I have now interacted with 5,000 people within seconds, right? Mm -hmm. That is the whole power of a webinar. I can interact with people that, is, that I can do real time because webinars are real time beyond meetings, right? I can share content. I can bring in other panelists into my webinar, right? I, I want to switch the focus on me to, to Scott because he's got something else he wants to talk about. All of these things allow a webinar to be even more powerful than, than even a meeting. And then we go to the third level, what about events? What about multi-day events just beyond a one-hour webinar, right? What if we had multi-day events with, with sessions going on all throughout the day? That's like a whole bunch of webinars in one. We can do that with Zoom events as well. We we hosted Zoomtopia on Zoom events. We're, it's the powerful, powerful tool at a production broadcast level. We try to hit every single way 
function of, of a user, how we can interact one-on-one up to tens and thousands of people. I, I want to bring back what you just said. Cause I was like, I was bummed out. I was in San Francisco and like, I was leaving right when Zoomtopia was happening. And I was like, hot dang, man, <laughs> I want to go shake Patrick Kelly's hand. And I was surprised, but not when I saw it was a Zoom call. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> it's like, okay, Zoomtopia, you can you can still go because it's on Zoom. And I was like, okay, you got me. That makes a lot of sense. But you look at other competitors in this space, they have a lot of pre-recorded content. Uh, when they don't, a lot of things are subject to potentially go wrong. Zoom to- that's a huge risk to do an entire Zoomtopia out on 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 the Zoom platform. How did that go? You were you were kind of behind the scenes. You're you're also at the person in person. How how was Zoomtopia on Zoom? How did it go from an insider's perspective? The first three years I was at Zoom, we had to hold Zoomtopia virtually, right? We we weren't getting back in in, in a conferencing room with anybody back in 2000, 2021, right? And we actually, we started out creating just mini webinars for, for Zoomtopia. Like, hey, here's the webinar for eight o'clock. You know, here's the webinar for 10. And then so we found out, you know what? We need a better solution because a lot of times, what if we have five webinars going on at the same time, right? People want to attend those webinars at different times. Now we have to have an events organization. And think about an event beyond a webinar. Sometimes the best part of some parts of the of the event. The best part is networking with the people that are with me, right? Colleagues, networking with coworkers and external people, people that I've virtually met maybe for years and I finally get to shake their hands and talk to them between the sessions. What if you can do that virtually, right? We can do that. We only have, have expo halls inside of events now that allows us to virtually network with each other. So last two years ago, right, we started doing in-person Zoomtopia uh, as well. This was the very first time we we ever did it was two years ago when we pulled off Zoom events. Learned a lot, right? There's there's you can't ever get everything perfect the first time, and as long as you're open to one criticism, good and or bad, as long as you're open to learning and doing it better the next time again, bidding one percent every better every day. That's what happened in Zoomtopia this time. And now all of a sudden we have literally live broadcast. We could do that. We literally have Simulive where you can have a pre-recorded session. You want to maybe play it back two or three times because you know users couldn't go to the same session at the same time. We have all those opportunities to make events better. And the great thing about it is it's not a separate client. It's the same client you do for one-on-one meetings. You do for webinars. It's due for phone. You do for rooms. You can do it for events. Remember we talked about earlier, taking the friction out of things. Now I've just given you 15 different modalities to join and collaborate and communicate from one client. That's the yeah. beauty. So I, I got to see this, this uh, multiple modality, one client thing applied at a credit union. So the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, no surprise, it works with credit unions. <laughs> and uh, we were up in Alaska and I got to see a CEO's office, but he was previously a CIO, Mr. Mark Burgess, uh, Zoomed everything. Like if there was an opportunity to use Zoom at his credit union for anything, he yeah. used it for everything. So his contact center at CU1 is a Zoom contact center. The phone number that I call Mark Burgess on is a Zoom phone number. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got Zoom rooms set up with Zoom cameras and Zoom conference rooms. And so take us to that. 
I think I might explode some users' heads here, but just we're going to go there on the podcast. What is the extreme use case scenario for a Zoom user look like? Paint us that picture. Think about your day. What do you do? What's the first thing? You grab a cup of coffee and you head to your office in your, in your, you know, you're, you're down, maybe in your basement or maybe it's a spare bedroom, right? And the first thing you do is you probably check email. That's probably the first thing you do. Second thing you do is you check chat, right? You chat, you see all the threads that you belong to and you, and you just look at, then the third thing you do is probably look at your calendar. And these are in no particular order. I'm just saying these are the things you do. Look at your calendar for the day. You're like, Hey, I got meetings from eight to five. That's going to be a, a hectic day. And you start, you know, you start obviously collaborating with people via email. So start collaborating people via chat. You start sending meetings out via your calendar. Guess what? You can do all of that again on one client. All of a sudden, a, a fire starts. You're like, oh, I got to head to the office, honey. So guess what? You literally can take a phone call, right? Our Zoom meeting on your mobile phone. You can literally have the, the start the meeting on your laptop. You look, hey, you know what? I got to run to the office. You can transfer that meeting to your phone, get in your car, have that office. I go back to my office at the, uh, you know, at work, I can transfer the meeting from my phone to my, to my computer. Now I'm full fidelity with a, with multiple screens. And you're like, oh my God, I need to meet with products. I need to go to a conferencing room. I can transfer that meeting to back to my phone, walk to the conferencing room, join the conferencing room from the phone. I've never left my one my one meeting it's been the over multiple modalities and then you can have a call again you'd have call center then be able to hey i got a call support and then we're going to go through but by the way you don't call support right you get to call maybe a virtual agent maybe you want to talk to somebody that virtually that has the information from a large language model zoom has a virtual agent right and then think about this all of a sudden there's a fire in the building what happens? You want an emergency exit. All of a sudden, all the screens all over the whole campus start flashing red. There's a fire. Here's the nearest exit. And we're going to show you the way to get outside. And guess what? Zoom digital signage is being involved there. All of these things are involved in, again, the whole collaboration and communication perspective. But everything along the way that I just talked about is on one platform, one administration portal, one client. So you're interested in service star training, but you don't know what courses to send your employees to. Introducing Course Bundles. Launch your employees into unparalleled growth through our Credit Union PhD, Service Excellence, and Becoming a Sales Champion or Referral Sales Champion workshops in the bundle known as the New Employee Bundle. A very popular solution for Credit Union's your employees first dive into the rich history of our financial cooperative, where people helping people set the cornerstone of our popular credit union movement will be established in the credit union PhD workshop. This workshop brilliantly lays out the groundwork of the very essence of the credit union movement. Then they learn how to evaluate your members' experience to new heights through our service excellence workshop. We'll equip attendees with the skills and the mindset needed to deliver exceeding excellent service every time, every member internal or external. And that's not all. Our Becoming a Sales Champion Workshop or Referral Sales Champion Workshop arms employees that are member facing with the skills to improve members' financial well-being by seamlessly presenting valuable products and services that improve financial well-being for our members. Alternately, for those that are focused on just referrals, our Referral Sales Champion Workshop opens the doors to unmatched expertise, 
Don't miss out on the opportunity to live out your mission one new hire at a time with this extraordinary opportunity to send your new employee to our new employee bundle. Bulk pricing discounts are available on our events website. Visit servicestarconsulting.com forward slash bundle for more information.